Thanks for tuning into your regular Stacker Chats. Stacks is Smart Contracts for Bitcoin, and I'm joined by Mani Bali, Stacks founder, with your updates on the ecosystem. So the block recently published a report, um, and it outlined the various Bitcoin layers that are out there. Um, and so what are some of your takeaways on essentially this um, Bitcoin builder ecosystem? Yeah, so I think the, the the background for the report is that we were actually trying to collect certain metrics, um, trying to better understand what the landscape for builders in the Bitcoin ecosystem looks like, uh, and couldn't really find any good resource. Uh, so at Trust Machines, you know, our our mission is to grow the Bitcoin economy and and build really successful Bitcoin applications. Obviously, we use Stacks uh, uh, for building our applications because that's kind of like the dominant smart contract layer. Uh, but we are trying to better understand like what other technologies are there in the Bitcoin ecosystem, what are what are developers doing with it, and and there wasn't like any good resources available. So we commissioned this report with the block. I think they did a great job uh, pulling this data, and it's the first kind of like really comprehensive study of Bitcoin layers. And I think there, there's some very, very nice like historical contacts that uh, back in the early days, there were a bunch of on-chain Bitcoin protocols. Uh, so it's like, a, it's like a, the first era of uh, people trying to build on Bitcoin. And most of these things were on-chain, like uh, Counterparty, which started NFTs, or uh, MasterCoin, which renamed to OmniLayer, which started like stable coins like Tether, uh, and then colored coins, which are kind of like, you know, new types of digital assets. Uh, and none of these things really uh, reached mass market and have kind of like frizzled out, mostly because of scalability limitations and functionality limitations at the Bitcoin there. And now there, then there's a revival that starts to happen around 2018 or so, where there are these separate Bitcoin there. So there's consensus among developers that you can't kind of like build on-chain on Bitcoin. Uh, so Lightning is a separate kind of like payments channel. It doesn't have a global uh, global ledger. And then there are things like Stacks or RSK and, and so on. So I think it's a, it's a very very interesting report. Uh, I would I would look at it as a first attempt because I think right now in the industry most people don't understand the design trade offs between these different choices. Uh, there aren't like even good metrics available. Like one thing that I'd love to see is some sort of a metrics driven website where anyone can come in and actually get a sense of like the number of developers or users on, on these different Bitcoin layers or even capital that is actually being used. I think that would help a lot of people like better understand, hey, what's happening in, in the developer ecosystem. And I'm a big believer in a lot of these uh, technical solutions uh, in, in Bitcoin, they can be complementary to, to each other. And we are all kind of like trying to grow the Bitcoin economy so the more all of us can help each other, the 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 better I think it is. Absolutely, thank you. Um, and so we've recently seen the BYDX team announce their shift um, over to the Cosmos blockchain. And so I'm curious, what does this shift uh, sort of indicate about the broader Web3 space? Yeah, I think we have, we have discussed um, a similar topic earlier that uh, I think this was before 2021 really started or, you know, the Q1 or Q2 of 2021. There was a lot of s skeptics out there 
for these newer L1s uh, or even Bitcoin layers that you know, these things are never going to get any traction because Ethereum was the earliest and it's kind of like the most established and so on. And I've always been in the camp that, you know, there seems to be uh, this market is like bigger than I think any of us really imagine. And there is a room for a lot of different types of solutions uh, to, to coexist or even new things to come in and disrupt kind of like existing players. And that's, that's, that's the, the reason I believed in newer, better L1s to start taking away market share from Ethereum, which a lot of people were kind of like, you know, dismissing that or even calling these chains like ghost towns and whatnot. And I think the rise of Solana and Avalanche kind of like disproved that like very, very clearly so to the extent that even within, within a few months, um, the narrative in the crypto industry like completely changed that, that look, you know, these other chains can also get real developers, real users and start taking market market share from, from the dominant platforms. And I actually hold a similar theory for Bitcoin layers as well, which I think we will, will start to see it play out maybe in the next cycle, because from a purely infrastructure perspective, I don't think the, the infrastructure was fully there last cycle, like in terms of speed and, and some, some of the other functionality that you, that you really need. And, and, and the move of like a top Ethereum application, like, like DYDX to another chain kind of also signals that this landscape is like far from being figured out right now. Right, like even app developers can decide that for whatever reason they want to move to another chain or or deploy a different technology. So I think a lot of the things are still going to play out in the coming years. And the biggest kind of like lesson is that it's it's very very early, right? So if you think that some programming language um, has traction right now, that might change. If you think some smart contract platform might have traction right now, that might change. Right. Like obviously there are network effects. Like for example, I don't think Ethereum is going to disappear over time, and it, it it adds certain value to the to the overall industry. But this is more of a uh, message to the builders that you know you should really treat everything as like this is very early and try to go there deeper. Like for example, if you're looking at a programming language, then why is a programming language better than the other? Or if you're looking at you know long term success, you should think about what is the long term moat of the ecosystem that you're coming in. Because for example, I for one am a very big believer in Bitcoin as money. And I think if Bitcoin wins as money, then everyone who's kind of like building around it uh, basically rides the wave with Bitcoin, right? And that's that's a mode, that's a very strong mode because uh, another ecosystem or another blockchain would have a very hard time becoming money because I think that that's actually a much, much harder thing to do uh, than, than creating some sort of other asset, right? Like, like money is probably like the hardest thing you can, uh, you can create. So if Bitcoin has that, then that gives people a lot of incentives to try and come and build in the Bitcoin ecosystem, especially when it's, it's sort of like early. Um, and there is a lot more opportunity available with potential kind of like, you know, long-term success. So that's, 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 that to me uh, was the thing that kind of, kind of like stood out that, you know, how, how early every, everything still is in, in this industry. Definitely. Thank you. And how do you anticipate these various approaches to building on Bitcoin as outlined in in the report, um, sort of playing into the long-term minor incentives for Bitcoin? And yeah, what factors are are important for Bitcoin long? 
Yeah, I think I think the the Bitcoin miner incentives are a very very important topic. And uh, if you look at the industry right now, basically in one camp you have the Bitcoin hardliners who effectively try to argue that this is not an issue, right? Like Bitcoin has been working just fine for a while. The even the transaction fees maybe the, the transaction fees are a very small percent of the mining uh, mining rewards right now. So most of it is the uh, the Coinbase rewards, the newly minted Bitcoin that come out, that is like north of like ninety five percent of the of the total rewards. So Bitcoin basically runs on this this uh, uh, almost like the newly minted coins that are coming out, and not the transaction fees. And that's the biggest uh, almost like criticism or attack that you will notice uh, people outside of Bitcoin, for example, in the Ethereum ecosystem that they would bring up this point and basically say that Bitcoin would either have to change the 21 million uh, supply uh, or kind of like, you know, the security budget is going to be so low that it's not going to survive. And people in the Bitcoin world kind of know that Bitcoin is never going to change the 21 million supply. Like that's kind of like a really big value prop that you know what the, what the supply is. It's never going to change. It's hard money. So they're effectively kind of like saying that Bitcoin only works until you have the the, uh, the the Coinbase rewards coming out. And when they stop, uh, it's unclear what's, what's going to happen. So I think I'm the reality sometimes is always somewhere in the middle, right? And, and that's my point of view as well. I do think there are some arguments that as transaction fees become more, uh, more frequent or higher, like especially in dollar terms. So if the Bitcoin price basically just, just keeps appreciating, the dollar value of the transaction, total total amount of transaction fees is going to, to become more significant. And at the same time, um, I think when people say that this is a problem that we wouldn't see for like a hundred years, that's also kind of like not correct because it's, it's, it's a couple of decades really before the Coinbase rewards actually become so small that it, at that point it, it has to be the transaction fees. Right. So this is an opportunity for Bitcoin layers, I think. I think the most practical solution here by far is that instead of thinking about, you know, changing Bitcoin supply, uh, which, you know, some people publicly talk about it. And I, I personally don't think that that's ever going to happen. You can have new incentives uh, as Bitcoin layers, like Saks already does that. Right. So there are incentives uh, for for new actors, which are Saks miners. To basically pay high transaction fees at the, at the Bitcoin layer, right? Similarly, a bunch of applications uh, using the Stacks layer uh, would just result in more transactions on the Bitcoin side. If you look at Zest, it's a lending protocol. If uh, decentralized lending protocol, so if you're a user of Zest, you're actually sending Bitcoin transactions to participate. Same with like native swaps that, that are live. If you're swapping BTC to a stablecoin. And that just looks like a transaction on the Bitcoin chain instead of doing that trade on Binance or some other centralized exchange that's actually sending more revenue into Bitcoin miners. And I think all these things are super important, super healthy for the long-term success of Bitcoin when the Coinbase rewards go down. So I, I disagree with, with uh, kind of like this notion that there's no clear path out of this, this choice that Bitcoin would have to make, like either change the supply or kind of like you don't have enough incentive. I think Bitcoin layers provide a very clear path uh, that, that it is kind of like already happening like today in, in 2022, 
So in a couple of decades, I think such uh, incentives could actually add up to a lot more where people can just clearly see. And I think, again, linking this back to the earlier discussion about better tracking these metrics, like I can easily imagine, you know, uh, that if you just display, like here are the amount of transactions that are already happening on the Bitcoin main chain because of the stacks layer or because of these applications that are built, like then, then people can start, you know, looking at the data that, oh, look, you know, there are these new types of incentives and they're working. Uh, more, more fees are, are going to Bitcoin miners even today. All right. Well, thank you, Maneev, for being here. And thanks to everyone for tuning into Stacker Chats. Um, please make sure to like this video, subscribe for more content like this, um, and let us know you, if you have any questions either in the comments below or on Twitter. And we'll see everyone soon. All right. Thank you.